Okay, before we get started this week, um, there are discussions of abuse, date rape, rape, drugs, bullies, spiders, and mental health in the interview in this episode. Good God. Um, it's, uh, it, yeah. So, um, just be aware of that. It's a doozy, but it's also contextually kind of amusing in the way that the interviewer presents it. The interviewee presents it, so. Well, hopefully, in yeah. so much as some of that can be. Yes. Uh, so, also, we have animals in this house. So many. Including kittens. So, if there's a yell and a scream of, ow, 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 stop it, that's probably Hobbs climbing up someone's leg. Or attacking a foot. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, you should be aware we swear a lot. Although we've been better recently. We haven't been swearing as much. So there's that. That sounds like a challenge. Oh, dear. Uh, so hi, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 164. Um, as, as I talked about, my discussion with Selfie, uh, which will be later on, was amusing, enlightening, um, but contained some hard subjects. So keep that in mind, but they, I have no uh, no qualms about it. I think I would hope uh, that you all enjoy it. Uh, so that's coming up. Now we had, before I talk about our last week of productivity, unless you want to do that first. No, that's fine. Go okay. Uh, someone uh, wrote in. Okay. Uh, a very specific letter. And let me find the folder I put the responses in. Um so uh, I put it in its own folder. Why can I not find because it Because you put it in its own folder. Hey, now. <laughs> okay, maybe. Um, How have you been, Internet? There we go. See, I knew as, I as soon as I started talking, you'd find I'd it. I'd find it. Of course, of course. Yes, I put it in the folder that isn't showing up on the sidebar. Oh, there it is. Hey, it was in the wrong place. All right. Um. See, you over-engineer the solution in this. Look, I, well, I didn't want it lost in with the other letters because we're not going to do letters letters until October. Okay. All right. So Jennifer wrote in to say, I'm writing because I'm at a loss. I've been listening to get tips and tricks on getting organized for my kids' distance learning. I have a kinder, third, and eighth grader. Before I get into the grid, I want to preface with I have enormous respect for the teachers and how hard this transition is for everyone. So I'm not a scheduler or very organized in anything except my career. I'm a chef, and I can organize and create efficiency in a restaurant in my sleep. At home is a different story. That's fair. Back to the kids. I have three kids in vastly different grades that uh, all have to be logged on at the same time in the morning for attendance, and then their schedules vary through the day. I bounce between them for four hours trying to help and get kids where they need to be, but as you know, children are people, and people get stressed, and it becomes a giant clusterfuck. It's hard for me to get organized because, one, it's not my baseline mode, and two, I have to sort through four different email addresses to get some glimpse of what each kid is supposed to be doing. Today, I received an email from my oldest middle school highlighting all the things he is missing. He's turned in assignments, but they cannot access Google Docs through Teams. He's missed all math classes, etc. I think he's just as frazzled as I am trying to figure out what goes when. Poor thing doesn't get as much help from me because the little ones need more tech support. I'm overwhelmed and do not know where to start to get organized and into some sort of non-chaotic pantsing through the day. Do you have any suggestions? 
I posted this question to the listeners and said we would talk about it this week. And uh, I have nothing. Uh, the thing I've had to do, the one thing I know from having um, lots of followers who are teachers mm-hmm. is that a lot of, and, and this is not as much help as it could be, but in, a lot of them are in just, uh, okay, a lot of teachers do not actually expect this to work as such. <laughs> they know this is completely bonkers. But it's a case of the school districts are frequently breathing down their neck going, okay, well, you have to uh, uh, do this, do this thing, have this milestone here so we have something we can track so that we can... It's it's basically the the administration right. uh, freaking out and trying to look like they are doing something by throwing it onto the teachers. Do this thing, do this other thing, do this thing, so it looks like we're doing a thing. Yeah, do this thing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is ridiculous. Uh, this, this is a, a thing that, uh, parents are equipped to do. This is, I couldn't handle this just with me myself from the tech side. Right. And, uh, let alone trying to handle it with three kids, some of which are extremely young. Um, so lots of this is, is just nuts and it's not you it's it is not so much your failure as the entire system is currently in meltdown yeah there's a lot of that i i don't know if that that probably doesn't help but Mm -hmm. as an expression of you are not failing this really is excessive and weird yeah i mean i and i have heard of of Schools like starting to crack down on you must have on like regular clothes. You cannot show up in your pajamas. Or and, you know, and and that okay, I can at least see wear a t shirt or something. But then they're like, students must be wearing shoes at all time times. Well, which is ridiculously insensitive because if you're at home, many many cultures do not have you wear shoes in the house. Correct. And like just shit like that. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't have any tips. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the letters that came in, and there were two specifically focused on that, and there's been some discussion around. Um, when I heard you ask, this is from Amy. Uh, when I heard you ask for distance learning ideas, I thought I would submit our setup. We have two kids who started their school year two weeks ago. Jay is a high school freshman, and R is in kindergarten. Ten year age gap. Obviously, they need different strategies to be ready for the year. Uh, Our house layout necessitated both kids have school in the family room. Our oldest already had an area designed as Jay's area in our family room where R can only go with Jay's permission. Yeah, personal space. A bookshelf nearby was cleared to house their textbooks, notebooks, and other supplies. We gave them a set of good quality noise-canceling headphones to keep them from being distracted by kindergarten across the room. It's also a great visual cue to the rest that they are in class. A lap desk for their laptop provides a hard surface and prevents overheating if they want to curl up on the couch. Jay's class schedule is taped within easy view as their schedule changes day to day. Our only rule is all school things stay on their shelves. No textbooks wandering about the house. Being in high school means Jay is pretty self-sufficient and has managed the past two weeks well in that setup. Kindergarten is the polar opposite of (laughs) self-sufficiency. 
R has his kindergarten corner across the room from Jay. He has a small desk and chair that sit on a carpet in the corner. A purchase we made that's been amazing was a large folding screen. As the school day starts, I unfurl the screen around his corner. This cuts off his learning area from the distraction of his toys and books. It also provides a nice backdrop for his Zoom meeting. When learning time is done, I fold the screen and put it away. It's a great visual cue for school time versus playtime. His desk drawer has a plastic pencil box for his crayons, pencils, and scissors to keep things contained. His other supplies, markers, glue, sharpeners, and extra crayons, live in a box on top of a bookshelf nearby. Ours laptop goes on a high shelf at the end of the day to prevent accidents. Art doesn't use headphones as I need to be able to follow along when his teacher explains a worksheet or lesson. Fortunately, my husband works from home in our bedroom. The teenager has their headphones and our neighborhood is pretty quiet. Some of classmates do need headphones, distance learning from daycare or younger siblings at home. So mileage may vary here. Biggest rules we have are no toys in the kindergarten corner, a.k.a. the carpet, and no food or drinks in the kindergarten corner. Keeping things clear has been vital for ease of setup. I have multiple alarms set on my phone. Each goes off 10 minutes before a class meeting. I then set it to snooze for five minutes. This lets me give R a three-minute warning to finish his Lego Builder dinosaur battle. We can then have a lap snack and trip to the restroom. The alarm going off again means it's time to be at his desk signing into class. This has kept me from losing track of time, and he has yet to be late to class. Oh my word, the worksheets. You must have a way to organize all the worksheets they give you. You're given two weeks of work and art supplies at a time. Currently, I have a plastic book magazine holder on a high shelf for upcoming assignments. I then take out what I need for the day and put it in a plastic tray within easy reach of his desk. Completed work goes in a second tray to either be photographed and submitted or turned to the teacher when we collect the next batch of work. This is where I feel the least successful. I often find myself digging through the trays to find a slowly accumulating pile of to-do worksheets. If another parent or paperwork expert has a better way to handle this, please let me know. So I really like our physical setup for both kids, but any pointers for wrangling piles of daily paperwork would be very appreciated. Thank you both for all the work you do for this podcast. It's brought me great joy these last few months and made the global fucking pandemic just a little more bearable. Global fucking pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And now, um, Laura, quack, quack, Hong Kong. Oh, yes. Uh, also wrote in to say um, uh, their suggestions for keeping kids on track have a dedicated spot for them to do school that isn't their bed. I agree. Get up and shower dresses if you might be leaving the house goes for kids, too. Kind of get yourself in that mindset. At least the dressing part. I Getting... Kids, even even when I was like showering and dressing the day of, getting dressed with anything under about a teenager is stress anyway. Yeah. It really is. Um, do what you did do today at school chats. Just because they did it at home doesn't mean they might want to talk about it or there might be something you need to know. Um, if they're having issues, email the teacher, but don't be the jerk that doesn't understand they have downtime too. Uh, still get them fun school supplies and stickers and make a board where the kids get a sticker or something when they do all their homework, keep their room clean, do laundry, whatever you do. Basically treat this normally would, but their school is in the corner of their bedroom or a section of the kitchen table or whatever. School is their job. So anything you would do f- for a work from home situation also works for them. And um, yeah, uh, a lot of that does apply. I think a dedicate is really important. 
If you can um, swing it. I mean, sometimes yeah. if you're in a very small uh, apartment or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, that which might have worked great before the global fucking pandemic, then uh, this can be really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I would say, uh, there's, there's a particular talk uh, in Jennifer's letter about scheduling and keeping track of things. And this may be the point where what we in uh, IT call an information radiator comes from. It's a spot that has like just quick need to know information and you can buy like weak long whiteboards that are just like five days with columns for people. Or I've seen them with um, on Amazon index card boards, basically where they've got pockets for index index cards and you can names or days or, or whatever for the columns and, and like that. If you have a variable schedule, but you kind of know, you know, in advance, at least what it's going to be, you can put that on the whiteboard. Like, you know, so that not only can you look up quickly and see who's supposed to be where, so can they. Right. And I think that's important. And also, if there's assignments due, maybe that, you know, maybe on the bottom of the day, there's something that, you know, um, child one uh, worksheet due, child three book report due, uh, something like that. I mean, that's always an option. Something is also very handy at this point because I know a lot of us, uh, time has become increasingly difficult to track just because we're at home and all of our markers are gone. Yeah. So a lot of times we wander around the house going, what is time? You know, what is time anymore? Uh, Mm -hmm. 2020 is an eternal march. I mean, the month, not a mark, but at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's completely understandable if you have, mm-hmm. if it's very hard to track time, particularly, you know, uh, middle school. I don't know about what your school is doing, but we had ones that had alternate, you know, Tuesday and Thursday, you have these classes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have these other classes. Yeah, yeah. And when it, you're having a hard time keeping track of what day it is, that gets extremely tricky. So mm-hmm. something you can just look at at a glance on the wall, big white board or whatever that's like, to, you know, uh, and X out you the know. day before. So you can be like, okay, mm-hmm. it's Tuesday. I'm at such and such. Right. And, yeah. and if all of you already have Google Calendar, yeah. you know, uh, set up some shared calendars and use that shit. I think think with uh does not work as well i know for you no but i think when you're dealing with small children that's not going to be as nearly as effective no it's not going to be uh, for the small children that's that's yeah. definitely a, a preteen teen kind of thing yeah. uh and also to help you maybe you have maybe you don't have a calendar specific for your kindergartner maybe or they don't have a calendar but maybe you have a like you've set up a created a calendar on your account that's where you can track the kindergartner stuff and alarms and things. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, so, yeah, those are those are the tips. Uh, if you have any more, oh, listeners, please send them in. We would, we would love to hear, yeah. and we will pass them along, because I'm sure I know for a fact this letter writer is not alone. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so, yeah. And we will talk about our day and whatnot, or week or whatever period of time we are in see what i just said about time uh mm-hmm. in just a minute yeah we will we will do that uh by the way did you have any updates for this week for the people at home before i cut to selfie 
updates. Oh, 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 uh, you yeah. know what we did this week? Yeah. Uh, no, I was trying to do a segue so that you could go eat dinner. Yeah, I, I got that. Okay, uh, yes. You're uh, fucking kidding me. What? Sorry, it looked like it wasn't recording, and I had a panic moment. All right, yes, I understand that. And then, yeah, um... It's so yeah, every terrible organs on fire. My mother said to evacuate. Uh, then she had to evacuate from the place she evacuated from back to the first place she evacuated from. Uh, the town I grew up in has burned to ash, and I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah, this this week is a complete loss for you. I'm guessing. Yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna lay in bed and play video games most of the week. Yeah. I, um, I got nothing. Yeah, I wrapped up one project last week and started on the new one. The new one is certainly more challenging, so that's been eating a lot of that time. Um, the break was nice while uh, the Dino episodes ran. Yes. I hope everybody enjoyed those. All right, so, um, and I just got an email from Selfie too, and I'll, right. I'll update everybody about that in a moment, uh, or rather. Right after the interview, which was a lot of fun, um, even with the somewhat traumatic parts, uh, it was great talking to Selfie, and I hope you really enjoyed the station, which we'll have for you right after this. I'm here today, right, with uh, Selfie, and we're going to talk about how she stays productive. And also, as you heard in the background, I'm using blue jeans, and it always announces when recording has started, which I think is one of the coolest features in it. Um, anyway, um, Selfie, can you introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little bit about what you do? Okay, so I am a Singaporean lady who lives in Australia. Um, I'm an accounts payable specialist. That's my job. Um, and I have a job history of basically being a part-time whatever and a full-time whatever. I have done pretty much the gambit of anything you can attempt for. Um, I'm a Christian, so that's my faith is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, beyond that, I have a bajillion hobbies. Uh, I do gardening. I have chickens like you. Yeah. Um, I have pet rabbits, I quilt, so there's a room full of fabric scraps. I knit, um, cross-stitching, pretty much cooking, the gamut of everything. Uh, oh, also, I have ADHD, which is probably an explanation for why I have the gamut of everything as my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and I have to blame you for something, Kevin, because you oh. interviewed somebody who was on Storium and she talked it up so much. Now I'm on Storium, I, I, and that's I, your fault. Yeah, it's totally. I'll, I'll own that one. Um, I think that was Michelle. Mm, um, yes. And uh, it, it's funny, you know, Ursula. One of the worlds that you have access to in Storium, uh, Ursula created as part of the Kickstarter. Yeah, I had a look at it. So it's so cute. Yeah. Um, when when it's not horrific, it's cute. Usually, is is how we find these things 
he says, just thinking about the uh, uh, today. By the way, for everybody out there listening, we're we're doing this interview on the day that the Wizards, a young Wizards defensive guide to breaking, <coughs> came out, and so there's it's a children's book with some horror elements, and so I just have to laugh about anytime I say when she does cute. So it has a gingerbread man on the cover, and it's smiling. Yes. Um. You'll find out why that particular gingerbread is smiling later in the book. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, oh, I see. The thing is, I, I, I know exactly where that gingerbread, what point that particular gingerbread comes from, and I can't spoil it, right? Spoiling it would be bad, so. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. All right, so, um. With all of that going on, with all your hobbies and things in the ADHD, how do you keep that organized? Okay. So here's the thing. I, having had ADHD, and I've had my diagnosis since I was very little, so I overcompensate for everything. And um, I use Habitica primarily Way back when it was just called Habit RPG, I started on it back when I was in university. Yeah. Um, that was when I actually started not medicating myself for ADHD anymore. So I needed something to, to go on with. And part of the reason why I didn't want to medicate anymore is it's really expensive. Well, uh, at we the time, yeah. it's very expensive. Um, and I remember being vaguely functional before medication, extremely functional during medication, and then I just sort of found this equilibrium after that. So everything I do is on Habitica, <laughs> and it's in order, and I've done it so that it, it repeats when I need it. Um, anything else that I need to remember is on a bit of paper on my desk somewhere. Okay. And... I scribble on bits of paper. I never keep a notebook because I know I'm going to misplace that notebook or I'm going to, because notebooks are nice and pretty, I'm going to look at it and go, I have nothing I can write in this notebook that can match the outside of a notebook. I get this sort of writer's block just looking at the clean, neat pages. Yeah, yeah. So it's all scribbled down on bits of paper and that's all over my desk. Post-it note bits of paper or just whatever you happen to have on hand? Whatever I happen to have on hand. Um, being an accounts payable specialist, I get a lot of scrap paper. Like, there is, what Claudia is sitting in is the last pages of every Uber bill I have received, which contains <laughs> no financial information and therefore does not need to be scanned or filed. Right. So, um like facts and I just write all over them. <clears throat> and then when the time is done, it's recyclable as, uh, as um, uh, do you use it to line bunny cages or bunny boxes or? I use it to line chick cages, bunny boxes. It goes in the compost. I have one of those fantastic shredders that does shred it into basically confetti, Ooh. which I love. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just, and then you get this little bits of like shredded confetti bits. And it's it's glorious. <laughs> it's a really good mulch. Oh, I bet, I bet. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, uh, if we weren't in the land of pines, like pine trees are a scourge here, practically, yeah. uh, I would probably be looking at, at paper solutions or something for, for our chickens. But because locally done shaved pine shavings is like dirt cheap. And we just we just compost that. We fertilize with it uh, in in parts of the garden. So yeah, yeah. I, that's that's I, I do the deep litter system. So I've got mm-hmm. like uh, pine shavings and then the paper junk and then pine shavings, paper junk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. I I just learned I don't do the deep litter system because none of our coops will support it. But now I'm gonna have to figure out how. Um, it's. It's very, I like it because it, you don't have to clean very often and it doesn't stink. And that's the main uh, important thing is that it doesn't, it like, there is no stank because there's enough carbon there to deal with the nitrogen from yeah, chickens. Yeah. <clears throat> but you do, when it comes to like the six month mark when it's time to clean, you just put your, th- your spade in mm-hmm. and it lifts out as a single piece. Yeah, so I see some engineering in my future as I try to figure out how to convert uh, at least one coop into the deep litter system. Two, two of the well, no, the the three three of the coops that have more open areas, mm-hmm. uh, I use um, general purpose sand because it doesn't yeah. stick to their butts, and that I can just scoop out, and that can go right in the garden with the other stuff, uh, and it's mm. great. Yeah. Uh, with with my chickens, and I know we're going on, on glorious chicken talk here, we bought um, a, a coop with a run, mm-hmm. like a prefab metal monstrosity of nature. And then Drew's just cobbled some wheels on the bottom. And oh. now we can just roll it around, which is great because like I just roll it, pop it on top of whatever bed I'm going to be following for that season, mm-hmm. and it just goes. They just go and they eat all the weeds. They eat all the junk. Um, oh, I forgot to mention I keep bees as well. I keep bees. That's a thing. <laughs> we don't need to keep bees because our neighbor's bees are coming over and doing all of the pollinating. Yeah. And um, lately they've been like, <laughs> they used to go to the pond. They used to, to puddle at the pond with yeah. the frogs. And now I, I'm catching them puddling in the chicken water. They'll so, puddle wherever it's it's shallow and nice. So the yeah. chicken water is shallower, they're going to enjoy that more. And um, it's just funny because he's uh, when when we first put in the pond, I was I was saying to him, I'm like, dude, all of your bees are coming here for water. He's like, is that where they're going? Because I put water out for them low with the pebbles, just the way you're supposed to. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. they're in our frog pond. He's like. Hmm. I, I did that too because mm-hmm. we we I, I put the rocks and the the bird bath and the thing with the fountain and everything, and then they decided that no they're just gonna ignore that they're gonna puddle where my air conditioning output comes out like one drop at a time. Yep. And I'm just like, damn it! I set this all up for you. <laughs> it's um, yeah no I I feel. It's like the dogs. We get them a very their their own dog bed or whatever, and they're in the chair. 
If you say, all right, fine, that's the dog's chair now, and it's just yours, now I'm going to sit over here, suddenly they have to have your seat. And then that, because yeah. that chair isn't good enough anymore, well, maybe, and the cats, the cats are terrible about that. Um, I don't have cats, although the, the bunnies are actually horse cats. They yeah. have the same temperaments that you get with cat, except that they're a horse the months. <laughs> They do that thing where they climb up and then they look down at you and they're like, haha, I'm up here and you're not. Yeah. I, 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 do they do the tops of doors? I'm sure they don't do the tops of doors. No, they don't do the tops of doors. Okay. Um, Bonnie and Clyde have been, have been told that they are not allowed to go past a certain height. And they're very good about not doing that. <laughs> Except when bananas are on the line. Ah. Uh. Yeah, the, the chickens were very confused when I tried to give them bananas. They're like, what is this? And then they tasted it. At least one tasted it and was like, this isn't so bad. But overall, it's just like, so bananas aren't a winner, but uh, beet greens, man. They love them some beet greens. Mm. So. All right, so bits of paper, Habitica, um, anything else? I have a fantastic memory, so anything else just goes in my head. Um, and part of that is the Singaporean education system, which focuses so much on rote memorization that I could, I can still, I still have the entirety of Romeo and Juliet from start to finish in here somewhere. Wow. Because I had to study that. Mm -hmm. And our method of studying it was to memorize the whole dang play. Wow, it's, and that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, 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 it hadn't really settled in how different educational systems prepare you or teach you how to do things differently. Um, yeah, because uh, the Singaporean system is going to be a very, very different system than. Obviously, the U.S., but uh, I'm thinking about it now, and it's like when we were in China, I didn't I, – I wasn't exposed to kids that went to school. I mean, in rural Tibet, the kids don't really go to school. They yeah. work, the, work the yaks like everybody else. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's something that I guess is, is just occurring to me which is horrible that it's only just now occurring to me that uh, the, the different education systems are going to prepare us all differently in how we do this mm -hmm. stuff. So I have the Singaporean education system, just as a little background. Uh, we have a very strong focus on mathematics and science, logical thinking, mm -hmm. um, scientific method, that sort of thing. Um, so memory uh, being able to apply concepts is not as important as remembering things. Mm -hmm. Although my method of, of studying is to sort of do both at the same time, but that's just me. I'm, I'm more, um, that's more of my family. My family is a bit crazy. Um, uh, I, I have, I, everybody in my family has some sort of eccentric. Um, so in terms of, of like, when I came to Australia and had to deal with the Australian educational system, um, one of the things that I had difficulty doing was actually expressing my own opinion on anything. And that was, 
the basis for like literature and English when you look at like studying English you know you write a, an essay criticizing something you have to have an opinion to criticize it right and I would just sit there and I'd be like what's the teacher's opinion if the teacher tells me her opinion I'll write the essay I I don't get to have an opinion right and that's, so that's... I actually, I actually only figured out literature and English like about a half hour before the final English examination for university, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm supposed to write what I think." Oh, yeah. <laughs> epiphany! And then I went on to score really well in English after failing for like two years. <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 interesting, I guess, uh, and that's probably a societal thing as well. I don't know. Well, it's it's a bit of column A and column B. Like, mm-hmm. um, part of it is okay. Singaporean Singaporean schooling is very streamed. Mm-hmm. So when you're in year four, primary four. You do an exam, and that determines whether you get to go into the gifted education program or you stay in a normal program. Now, my sister went to gifted. So the way she was taught was very different from the way I was taught because the gifted kids, they are encouraged to pursue their own skills, their own interests, Mm -hmm. whereas the normal kids, normal kids, um, (laughs) have to sort of basically follow the basic curriculum. Then you get to year six, you get streamed again. Mm-hmm. And this time it's whether you go to an express school, which is basically most most kids will go to an express school, or you go to a normal school, or you go to a normal technical school. Now, if you go to a normal technical school, that's basically hairdressing, cooking, you know, that sort of stuff. They don't think that you're smart enough. This is all written tests, by the way. They don't think you're smart enough to do anything else than the basic sort of um, skills. If you go to a normal, normal school, then that's um, six years and you cover all the basic subjects, but it's over six years. If you go to Express, mm-hmm. four years, cover all the basic subjects. Okay. Even in Express, you get streamed again. So that's now two more years in Express stream. So now you're at mm-hmm. year eight. Mm-hmm. And you get streamed again, and you get to go to sciences, pure sciences. That's where everyone wants to go. Or you end up in humanities, or you end up in what they call the sub-sciences, which is where you learn um, about half of what you learn in the pure sciences field. So I ended up in what they call a double-double, which is um, two sciences, pure Mm-hmm. Two mathematics, two humanities, two languages. That's a double double. Wow. Okay, and that is that was over the four years of of secondary schooling, and then after that you go to college, junior college, and then you go to university. Wow. <laughs> and every step of the way you get streamed. Mm-hmm. So after the four years, you get streamed into your junior college. You either end up in junior college or polytechnic. Mm-hmm. And then from there, university, or you know, you go into the workforce. Wow, it's it's like there's this whole like <clears throat> multi-layer filter. It's it's like 
how do I, how do I put, I, I'm trying to come up with a way to phrase this. And have you seen those coin sorters? You're just pouring a whole bunch yeah. of different coins and you shake it and yeah. it, it sorts them out by size and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. It, it is very much like that. So you end up with, you know, all, all, all people of a certain type end up together in, 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 in wherever they go. Hmm. Um, and it's very stressful. And I will, I will put a, a trigger warning now. I have a hilariously abusive childhood. Now I call it hilariously abusive because I've dealt with it. Okay. And it's not an uncommon childhood for somebody who lives in Singapore. It's, okay. it's a stress, like a really stressful thing. Like I, I don't, I have some issues now from it because of it, but. We'll get into that some other time. But yeah, all of that just says my memory is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes like it's good for useless stuff. Like, um, I don't know if you've heard of the King Quest game series. Oh, yeah. I I can solve coming out. I can. Yeah, I remember when they were coming out, too, because I played them when they came out. I can solve the Cliffs of Logic. (laughs) Like right now, if you gave me the Cliffs of Logic, I could solve it without a guidebook. I still remember the entire map of the labyrinth from King Quest VI. That is useful brain space that I could be using for more useful stuff, but no, it's been wasted on King's Quest. In, in fairness, I still have configuration options for products I supported um, in the early 90s that have been dead for the last 25 years. <laughs> And I still have, I still know how to, like, if you put me in front of one of their config files and it was broken, I could probably still fix it without trying too hard, including implementing, like, the, the hidden Easter egg feature that oh. uh, always, hello, tiny orange cat. Um, you can't see her. She's just under the under the, the video because she's yeah. sticky like that. Um, okay. So that brings us to, so I'm going to guess that memorization is a habit that, that is very impactful. Um, yeah. uh, what other habits and or systems are, uh, do you use to keep yourself productive? Okay. So there are two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing is that I try and keep my days fairly similar when it comes to my work day. So I come in. I make my cup of tea and then I sit down and I do everything on that day. So specifically for the same configuration of time, more or less. Yeah. So that routine is really Uh, important. Yeah. And my job is very much like Papers, Please, the video game, which I have difficulty understanding why anyone has difficulty with papers, please, because I just sit there and I'm like, stamp, 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 stamp. So, I, you know, I can just look at it and go. Yeah. Um, but my job is like that, right? All I do all day is look at invoices, make a quick decision on where they have to code to stamp them, code them, send them on for payment. Okay. And I do that all day. And and it's a very similar thing. I do have other things that I work on, like the company credit cards and the employee expenses. But I dedicate an entire day 
specifically for those things. So that Thursday is my day for employee expenses. Mm-hmm. Friday, my day for company card. If there are more expenses, I'll spend the whole of Thursday on that on it. If there are less expenses, half of Thursday and then the rest of the day putting invoices in. But there's always one dedicated day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I have... I, I was going to say, I, I love that you're like, I don't see why people have difficulty with papers. Please, somewhere around the fifth level, I, or I just can't move fast enough and keep all of the all of the rules in my head. It's uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I actually, it was really funny because when I first started working in Accounts Payable and just after Papers, Please came out and I was playing Papers, Please, I just finished it. And I'm sitting there and I'm stamping something and then I realized hang on, we have a guy in our office who is basically Georgie from Papers, Please. (laughs) You know, like, it's the employee expenses, right? And we have an expense policy, Mm -hmm. right? And every time we update the expense policy, he puts something in that, like, just a bit scrapes under the expense policy. And then we have to come up with a new rule just for him. Of course, there's always one. (laughs) Right. And we're just like, you know, you cannot give your expenses to your secretary and then approve her expenses, which are actually your expenses. You know, um, if your boss is away and names you as her signatory, you can't then sign your own expenses just because you're her delegate now. You know, we had put new rules in. Always. I, I I was gonna say one of one of our 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 warnings uh, whenever we're talking to attendees at conventions like you know uh, uh, when we're doing prop checks and and peace bonding is please do not make us um, please do not uh, become the incident that requires its own rule named after you. <laughs> Because we can, you know, there's, there's the, um, I can't remember their name, but there is, there is documented evidence of this, that uh, somewhere at one of the, the older conventions, there is a rule that peanut butter is not cosplay. Peanut butter is not cosplay? Oh, no. Yes. Um, this sounds both, I don't, I, I both want to and don't want to know the story of this. As if, according to the photographic evidence and witnesses at that particular convention, and I don't remember which one it was, someone came to the costume contest uh, covered in nothing but peanut butter. Oh, fantastic. I, I feel yeah. traumatized imagining that. I've seen the photos. Yeah. <laughs> go back, and she's just, oh, oh, hey, 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 don't do that. And I will be right back. Bye, Bonnie. Don't get to throw everything off the Yeah, she was starting to have a, a, a tandy. <laughs> okay, right. so where were we? Uh, we had just finished up with um, uh, keeping your days similar or sticking to that routine. Yeah. Um, what... Uh, you said there were two. Yeah, the other thing, mm-hmm. well, the other two things now, like two, well, three, three most yeah. important things. Are, <laughs> um, okay, 
Number two, I do a vague Pomodoro. It's not Pomodoro as in every 30 minutes, I take a 15 minute break. It's every 20 invoices, I'll stop and play a video game or something. Right. And that is just to break my um, hyper-focus. I will only allow myself to open 20 emails for invoices at a time and do 20 in a lot. Yeah. Because if I do more than that, I'll hyper-focus and then I'll forget to eat. Mm-hmm. I'll forget to, to take my tea. I'll forget to go to the bathroom. And then everything else in the day is just shambles. So 20, 20 emails, mm-hmm. break. And the break is for as long as I feel I need it. Which is usually anywhere between five to fifteen minutes, dependent. And then I go back the next twenty emails. Now, twenty emails doesn't necessarily mean exactly twenty invoices, because one email might have like ten invoices stuck to it. Like I need to pay all of these. Yeah, I try not to do that to our our, our payable people. That's that's just not kind. <laughs> We have a we have a thing in our office because I have this cheap toy with red eyes. Mm-hmm. And if you give me an email that is one email that has like more than twenty invoices on the one email, you get the sheep staring at you <laughs> for that day. And they we you just get sheeped. That is your penance. Do you now given the the pandemic situation, are you working from home now? I am working from home at the moment. So how would you sheep someone in this particular situation? Oh, I take a photograph of it and I send it to them. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And it, it looks at the camera. And, and the thing is, the sheep has little props because it has a little invoice mm-hmm. and it has a little speaker and it has a little pen. So I could just change the props around. So they know you're not just resending the same photo over and over again. Yeah, it's it's a different like a different sheep photo each time. But I'll take a photo of it. His name is Romney. I I I can you send me a photo of the sheep when we're done with the call? This I will I will send you a photo of Romney. I I I think I've lost his tiny invoice, but I'll send you a photo of Romney by himself. And, and now you one. realize that that after this goes live, everyone's going to be asking for for photos of of Romney. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the the good thing about Romney is that he's also really good for leaving on my desk at work, mm-hmm. so that nobody touches stuff on my desk because Romney is sitting there. Um, and it, and it, which is great because like my desk is is a hideous cascading mess of papers, but I know where everything is, mm-hmm. and if you touch one thing, I'm gonna lose it. So Romney sits there, and it got to the point where. When we had to reshuffle in an organizational structure, they asked oh. me to move Romney first so that they could move my papers for me if I wasn't around. But I had to move Romney first because otherwise he'll be staring at them and they couldn't move the papers. And they, and they weren't. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't be right. That, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, all right. So that's two. Um, yeah. And then the, the third one is that I do everything like I'm doing it in a factory. And and here's how it works. I open 20 emails. 
I then download 20, the, the invoices into my, my system, my working folder. Mm-hmm. And then I attach all of the approvals to that. And then I close all 20 emails. I open all 20 invoices and I start entering. You know, and I enter when I've done with all that, everything in that folder gets a rename all at once. Uh-huh. And then I move them all at once to the done pile. And I just do it like that over and over and over again. And with that repetition, I kind of like get very quick. I'm very fast at my job. And, you know, I have a, I have a, like a set way that I look at things. If I look at an invoice, I know tax invoice, date, invoice number, amount, you know, GST, non-GST, one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just goes in like that. So you've you've. Uh, I I am reminded when I did uh, when I talked to to Nate uh, Vanderklok, um, a couple years ago now, and he was talking about when he was a line cook and he was told to work smarter, not harder, and that's exactly yep. what you've done. It's you're you're batching things up so that it's like, here's the single task, here's the single thought process, so you can just assembly line knock them out yeah correct yeah and that's i mean i'm fundamentally a lazy person so i'm not going to spend like 15 minutes going through one invoice and then saving that one invoice and doing the next one that takes too long yeah you do all at once you do all at once and then it's easier mm-hmm. uh absolutely um is there a fourth thing other than memorization? I mean, have we? Oh, no, no, I, no, okay, I okay. Kind of okay. Um, well, then, um, how do you decide? Although I think you've already answered this, uh, how do you decide what to do on a given day? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna add a little twist, and that is, uh, working and not working, because I'm sure okay. the two are different. Not working. Not working. Mm-hmm. Every morning I make myself a pot of tea and it is a massive pot of tea. And while that pot of tea is brewing, I kind of pour out my first cup. And in that pouring, I kind of take stock of what's on my desk mm-hmm. and what's in my inbox. Okay. If it is something that needs to go on a specific day and it doesn't come in an email saying urgent, 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 mm-hmm. I'm just going to shut it to that day. I'm not even going to look at it. Right. Okay. If it is something like, uh, you know, needs to be addressed now, I'll address it now. Like if it comes in urgent, 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 got to be done today. Yep. I'll address it now. If not, it gets shunted to whichever day I'm doing it. Um, and then I, and then from there, it's whichever is the biggest pile. If, for example, like we've just passed over the fi- end of financial year and I have been sick for, mm. The whole month of June, because we originally planned this a month back, didn't we? And yeah, I got yeah, we did. A horrible disease, which not, wasn't the Rona. But isn't the Rona? Yeah, I think it's important to point out that it's not the Rona. Yeah. But it was still a horrible coughing lung disease, which was yes. not fantastic. Um, and I have asthma, so it was like even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so while I was away, nothing got done because. I'm the only person who can do the stuff I can do, apparently. I have a seven-page manual for just doing employee expenses, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And at first, my boss was like, why is this manual so many pages? And then I was sick. And she's like, oh, God, now I know why it's so many pages. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, so I came back and there was like a stack of employee expenses because everyone wants their expenses paid before they get a financial year because of budgeting reasons, right? Oh, yeah. So like yeah. That, and I had like a stack of MasterCards that high and a stack of Amexes that high. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, God, there's so much to do. And and I just um, had to, you know, in a sense, it was a bit like, oh, I'm drowning. Mm-hmm. But then I, I, I remember, you know, you do the same thing, factory settings, you yep. know. Deal with, the ex- uh, deal with the most pressing stuff first. MasterCards and Amexes need to be paid by a certain date. Employee expenses can wait. So it all depends on the date priority. And then you kind of just go from there one step. And you can only get... This is really important. You can only get how much you get done a day. Yeah. You can't. If even if everything is super urgent, if nobody else can do it, if you can only do ten a day, that's how many is going to get done. And you just have to deal. You just have to, to say to everyone, "Look, this is how many I can do." Realistically. All right. So I don't do overtime because I will not do it. I will just tell people realistically, this is how much I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have ADHD. So in a sense that there's always an initial panic because I feel like everything needs to be done right now. Right. Um, there is no time. There is only the eternal present. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's only the eternal present. Everything needs to be done now. So there's always like a short period of time for panic. And then I just have to like take a breath and then go. Mm-hmm. Um, on my off days, it's basically um, whatever I feel like doing the most. And if it's sunny, it's always laundry because we can never <laughs> finish the laundry. It is, it is eternal. Um, and, and my off days are very much, I'm a terrible person for cleaning so my husband does all the cleaning but I do commit to cooking on my off days so that we have food except when I'm sick in which case you know we don't have any food and we're living off horrible junk food and pizza yeah um, we we set up because there are four <laughs> adults in the house we set up sort of a rotation and uh-huh Two of us are just like, yeah, no, cooking is something we like to do. That's uh, myself and Shep. And so it's it's weighted a little towards us. Um, Liz has her day to cook, and she, it's always like, I'm going to make, oh, God, what was it? Um, last week it was Salisbury steak with tater tots and mac and cheese, sort of like that comfort food from uh, uh frozen dinners when you're a kid mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was great yeah. but it it took like three or four hours and so it's or maybe it was two or three hours but still it was like a, an effort and then ursula can't cook at all so that's like all right what uh it's ursula's turn to cook so is it going to be chinese takeout or mexican takeout or <laughs> yeah i mean you know <laughs> with um I just recently discovered that I actually have an instant pot. Oh. This, this sounds stupid, <laughs> but I bought this pressure cooker that also sears and stuff. 
mm-hmm. and this is before they were called instant pots. It was yeah. called like the, the the searing pressure cooker or something like that. And for the longest time, I was just like, what is this instant pot people keep talking about? And then I realized, I have one. This is an instant pot. I've just been using it and and using it either as a pressure cooker or as a as a as a cook stove, but not as both. Like epiphany. Yeah, I have no. a lot of epiphany. Yeah, I um, I yeah, uh, it's like oh, I can I can brown my ground beef and just then throw the stuff in and lock the lid. And this is why people like this thing so much versus, you know, the, the old days where it was, okay, I need three pans, one to brown the thing in, then I put it in the pressure cooker and then there's the, yeah, no. Um, I still have a separate rice cooker though. Um, I cook my rice on the stove because I'm Asian. Yeah. I'm Asian. I mean, I, I aspire to a separate rice cooker, uh, and I have one of those stupid, um, the, the, what's it called? God dang. Uh, thermomixes. I hate it. Ah, yeah. I hate the thermomix, which I am currently using as, as a, uh, sometimes I use it to mash ingredients, but it's the worst thing in the universe, and I hate it. Um, it was purchased for me as a present, and... Because of its presence in my house, I cannot, I cannot buy myself a proper food processor because I've got the stupid Thermomix. Yeah. Um, so I'm always trying to offload it on someone, and nobody wants it. Yeah, don't look at me. Um, we have a proper food processor. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like I can't get a proper food processor because the Thermomix is here. Um. You know, we, I, I will admit that, that, uh, the rice cooker was a gift for, for, uh, one of our early KUEC sponsors. Um, yeah. And, uh, because they had the, they have a gadget problem. Yeah. And so it is the smart Japanese industrial sized, like oh, 10. Is it a yes. Oh. Those are like the the best of the best rice cookers. I I know we've had it like we got it used. It was already a couple of years old. I've ten years now, more than ten years now. We've been using it, and it's still just like, bring it, right? That's why we got uh, when it came time to get the we we have now a, a always always warm kettle. You uh-huh. know, uh, that's why I went and got a zojirushi of one of those. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing. They have these really great lunch kits, like the lunch bentos. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah. Lovely. I, I used to have one, but then I lost all the fiddly tiny parts in the move, and now I can't use it anymore. But, it, you know, it kept my food hot, and it was glorious. I was, uh, when, when it was time to replace the coffee maker, I was this close to getting one of their coffee makers, and then I realized that uh, um, it, Ursula would never be able to use it. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have to get the one that when she's just woken up and she's going to make her decaf, she's decaf now because she's medicated for ADHD, that she can still get it. She can she can do it before her meds kick in. (laughs) (laughs) I I, um, don't have any caffeine. I mean, there's a lot of tea in this house, but it's Mm -hmm. all like boy boss bush tea. Um, I 
try not to drink caffeine unless it's just before bed, in which case I just drink it for knockout purposes. Yeah. Because I will sleep. Um, and the other thing is that Rohypnol, which mm-hmm. I discovered, I don't think you should test this on Ursula, but I've no. discovered that because of my strange brain chemistry, this was discovered by accident, by the way. If I have Rohypnol, I will turn into the Incredible Hulk. Okay. Um, and this was discovered because I had just broken up with my boyfriend and <clears throat> we, I had gone out with a friend to drink mm-hmm. my sorrows away and I went to the bathroom and she was watching my drink right. and I think she, she missed something or whatever. I came back. Uh, I said, I don't really feel like drinking the rest of it. So she drank most of the rest that I had like a little bit after of the rest of, of whatever was at the bottom. And then on our way out of the restaurant, she went down like a stack of bricks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I stood there and I called for the ambulance. And over the period of time between me getting the ambulance and the paramedics arriving, I became more and more angry and incensed that this mm-hmm. happened. And by the time the paramedics arrived, I was foaming at the mouth and I tried to beat them up. Wow. And then, and, and I am, by the way, four foot 11 inches tall. <laughs> so they had to tie me to a bed and I was just completely berserk. And I don't remember after a certain point, I don't remember anything except seeing red. And the next morning I wake up and I have a massive cut right round my wrist. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I'm like this, right, in the bed. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And I call you, you've come too. I had snapped the restraint right Holy out of the crap. wall yeah. in my attempt to, like, murderize both paramedics. <clears throat> so, um, let this be a lesson to everyone out there who's even considered that. In And by the way, if you're that sort of person and you're listening, um, you're a horrible person. Um, yeah, so that's that's a hell of a reaction. Yeah. And so I it guess goes you had back. talk screens, yeah. Yeah, we had talk screens. We both had talk screens for Rohypnol. And now when I go in to do any surgery, I have to tell them they can't use Rohypnol on me to knock me down. Because, um, first of all, apparently what happens is you get really, really mad and Hulk-like. And then second of all, if there's too much of it in your system, you can get an aneurysm right. from it. So I have to tell them not to do that when they're putting me under. Yeah, because uh, that's <clears throat> the violent reaction is, is, as I understand it, probably not the most common, but it's really important to know that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't want to have an aneurysm. It's no. not fantastic. No, that's 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 no that should be no fun. I know nothing about it personally, but it doesn't sound fun. Um, yeah. So, um, and uh, so so back to not work days. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so back to not work days because I don't know where we went. I'm I'm lost. I think we went from like rice cookers to another. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's fun. Um, it's. First of all, I sleep in a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I get up. 
I the day before the nun work day, I always put in the laundry. Unless the weather forecast says it's going to pour, in which case I won't do it. And then I hang up the laundry, which to me is the best thing in the world because it goes on this big umbrella wheelie thing. It's like, oh, me, yeah. it's, it's the best thing ever. We don't have these in Singapore, by the way. Um, when you do your laundry in Singapore, you hang it on a big long bamboo pole and you hang that out the window. Um, uh, but, so, yeah. you know, so you. Because you, you, everything's in high rises in Singapore. Mm-hmm. We have very little space. So laundry is like the best thing. I hang all my shirts upside down. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I check my habitica. Mm-hmm. And it will tell me to brush my teeth because I will not have brushed my teeth by the time I've hung up my laundry. And it will tell me to take my asthma medication because I will not have done that either. And then from that point onwards, it's like, what did habitica say? And if Habitica says do this, I'll do that. And then any time in between any chores or whatever, I'm like one of my many hobbies. So I, if I feel fit enough, I'll go out and turn the soil. Mm-hmm. I have a terrible garden fork. We just turn the soil and then plant plants, um, do the sowing, whatever catches my eye um, at the time. <clears throat> so currently the project is quilting right. and I'm making a, 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 a runner quilt, like a really fast runner quilt, and I'm gonna do that after this. Yeah, because on on your side of the planet, <coughs> it's winter. Yes. Um, whereas we've been averaging 34 degrees Celsius days for the last week. Oh, glorious. No, it's not. <laughs> I. I was I was outside as it was cooling off, and I was standing there just watching the chickens, and the sweat was just starting to pour out of my body because I think it's too hot at that point. <laughs> I am relatively heat proof. Yeah, I I can happily stand in the sun. Uh, I just need a hat, like a, a little hat to keep my head cool, and then I'm I, I can stand in the sun and be like, this is the best ever. I I. I have, I have a I have a sunspot <laughs> on this couch, right? And I'll move because it's it's so cold now. And and here's the thing: when the sun goes away and it's cold, I get really lethargic, extremely mm-hmm. so. And I eat like nonstop because I'm feeling cold and my body just wants to feel the burn to keep me warm. Whereas yeah. on a on a hot day, I'm just like, yay, this is the best. And then eventually, I'll overheat and pass out, but the Try point between that. Yeah. doing one and the other is glorious, though. <laughs> Before overheating and passing out, it's all really great. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, so um, laundry, what Habitica tells you to do, and then other things, like quilting. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, my then, mother is a quilter, so I understand, yeah. And then the animals will tell me what they need as well, because, like, Clyde will shake the, shake the bars of the gate over there. You can see that gate, that's for mm-hmm. The rabbits. It has it has some chicken wire on it because they pretended that they couldn't get through the gate, but it turned out they totally could, and they trashed the house um, and ate all the wires. Yeah. So, um, for for reference, since those of you who who are listening to this now can't see it, it, it looks like a fairly standard baby gate with the with the or toddler gate, and and we have a similar one to. Um, to the room where the cat food is in, 
because the cats just sort of want to wander in and eat and wander in and eat, and they don't want to eat all at once. Um, but if I put it away, then I spend half my day going back up there to give them their food. Um, <laughs> but if if we don't have something to keep them out, the dog will just, one of the hounds will just be like, oh, there's cat food, and then there's no cat food anymore. Uh, and, you know, we're trying to keep hound from getting fat again. Um so yeah uh, Bonnie got through and destroyed the whole universe Mm -hmm. and then I was like I'm going to find out how you got through and she actually sat there for half an hour pretending that she was too fat to go through right like looking over the top of the gate and pretending that maybe she was thinking about jumping and eventually after half an hour she's like oh screw this and went right through this right through the slats. Mm-hmm. And I've just gone, oh, Bon, you spent half an hour pretending. It's, um, the thing is that when I had first put the gate up, uh, Smokey, may he rest in peace, um, would just, like, walk through it because he was significantly smaller. Well, as he got older in the last couple of years and he got larger, it never sunk in that he should be leaping over. So it would be this embarrassing moment where he would get about halfway through and then couldn't get the rest of him through just easily. And so would have to sort of scramble and pull himself through. And it oh, was no. both funny and pathetic at the same time. Um, oh, no. Meanwhile, uh, tiny orange, who is not so tiny, but is still very orange. She's still not the size of a, a regular cat. She's just like, I'm going to walk. She just walks through like it's nothing. Like, oh, is there something yeah. there? Yeah. Yes, I'm talking so, about you while I'm rubbing your belly. Sorry. So, yeah, but um, incidentally, on my days off, cleaning doesn't get done. Unless my husband has left me, unless Drew, my sweetheart, has left me. Big, long list of things he wants me to do. Um. And he will leave it on a scrap of paper and leave it, like, on the table. And it will be like, you know, hey, Selfie, can you please pick up the snowdrifts? Right. Uh, the snowdrifts being the tissue paper that had just drifted across the whole house because I had the horrible, horrible disease. Yeah. Familiar with it. In, in so our like, case, it's cat fur, but yeah. Yeah. Please clean up snowdrifts, and then I will go around and clean up the snowdrifts. But that's all I will do, unless he's told me to do other things. Um, it it just, unfortunately, looking at the house, and I know this house is a mess, but I won't know where to start or begin or, or what to do yeah. unless I've got an itemized list. Oh, yeah. No, I, I um, <clears throat> if If Ursula was the cleaning type, um, we... We also have different cleaning areas on our, our rotation right now for the five four uh-huh. house. Um, yep. And uh, if I, I would, I would probably have to give her a list if I wanted to make sure. If I said clean the house, she would just be like, "Oh, there's too much." But if I gave her, you know, I'd, I'd say, "Hey, can you clean X?" That would get done. So I understand yeah. completely. Yeah. Dishes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things that we found very handy is to reduce the number of steps needed to do any one thing. So, like, my glasses go on top of the bed, like, on top Mm -hmm. of the bed every night. Like, we reduce the number of steps. Like, all the trash cans 
uh, mm -hmm. open mouth, trash cans. There's no pushing or opening the lid. All open mouth, all like that. Because then I can just toss the thing in and there's one in every room because otherwise, you know, I'm going to have to walk somewhere and if I'm going to have to walk somewhere, likely I'll forget what I'm doing, put the trash on the table and then go do something else. <laughs> yeah. So reduction of steps is really important mm -hmm. for me in, in terms of like, you know, dealing with how to clean stuff. Yeah. So, so reduce friction instead of increasing it. Yeah. So I don't have I don't have filing cabinets. I have open in trays. Right. Work done. Slot. Drop it in there. I have a notebook of stuff I need to do. Drop it in there. Like it just goes on a surface. Right. You know. If it's in a drawer, it's out of mind. So anything that we have that needs to go in a cabinet. I try and get glass fronted cabinets or, or things where I can see through to the items. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that you can, you don't um, lose sight of it because once you've lost sight of it, it's gone. Like no object permanence. Oh, no, I'm, I'm yeah, no, very familiar with how that works. Um, yeah. So, uh, and it, it becomes much more of a, a habit. I, I'll have to ask Ursula if she's noticed that she's hunting for things in the kitchen less now that she's she's treating the the ADHD. Yeah, um, that'll be a fascinating fascinating question. Yeah. So yeah, everything is open if we can help it. Like drawers, I have instead of having like we have these lovely clothing drawers, mm -hmm. um, but the top of them is open, so mm -hmm. I can okay. see it. Right. And yeah. that way I know that's my my underwear, that's my pants, that's my shirts. Mm -hmm. If it's completely closed, I'm going to open all the drawers and be like, ah, where is everything? And then they're going to be left open. Right. Because if they're not open, I can't see what's in them, which completely defeats the purpose of having a drawer to begin with. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... For me, being able to see what's there is really mm -hmm. important, but also to reduce the amount of work that needs to be mm -hmm. done. There are less steps to everything. Yeah. Wow. So, um, before I, but and anything else for the uh, for the deciding what to do first, or, or? No, it's, it's pretty much oh, Habitica, <laughs> great sage. Tell me yeah. what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that brings us to the um, what is the best advice you have been given or would give to someone else? And I want to say right now, I am stealing. You can only get done in a day what you can get done in a day. Okay. Because that one's, that's gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only one of you. You can do it mm -hmm. only that much. That's it. Right. Okay. I wrote this down from Paul to my mom to me, mm -hmm. uh, which is Romans 12, 20, 21. Okay. Mm -hmm. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If mm -hmm. he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heat burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And to me, that's super important advice. Now, I was really badly bullied in school. Mm-hmm. 
terribly. It, it was awful. Like it wasn't just students, it was teachers as well. And I've sort of lived my life by this principle, like you can be bullied and you can be treated badly, but that is no excuse to treat anyone else badly. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. people need your help, you help. Um, which is, it's very important to me, but there's one more step which isn't mentioned here, and that is you have to mean that you help. You can't just, like, if you really, it, there's twofold, right? If you really want people to feel bad about what they've done to you, mm-hmm. you cannot help them thinking, and I'm going to say southernism here, you know, the bless your heart thing. You cannot help somebody with a heart of bless your heart. Very true. Yeah. Okay. You have to help them with a heart of actually meaning it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard, but it's effective. Yeah. It's it's um it's not easy. It's uh um, one of the one of the hardest things I had to learn when I was um processing my divorce was that in order to forgive myself or rather in order to forgive other people I had to forgive myself. And mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thing. Like a forgiveness isn't like just saying, "Oh, well, it's okay, I forgive you," and not mean it. That it it isn't it doesn't work. And so, before I could mean it, I had to had to change who I was. Right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah. A lot of of anger in university mm-hmm. against a lot of people, and um, it took a long time uh, for me to get over some of the stuff that happened to me in high school, which mm-hmm. I won't really go into. Uh, to this day, I cannot watch any anime that is set in a high school. It just drives me up the walls, mm-hmm. and that's like ninety percent of anime. I think the only exception to this is Sailor Moon. <laughs> Uh, and that's because she never spends any time at school. She's too busy doing other stuff. Not, yeah, not really. No, I um, yeah. You might be able to work with B stars as well, although B stars is a whole other level of what the fuck. Um, I've heard things, disturbing things. Yeah, it um, there was a lot of there was a lot of unexpected and, and what the fuck going on. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of the main things that I live my life by and here's the thing um, it doesn't work straight away like I had a hideous high school 20 years down the road after high school I'm in a shopping center and I come across one of my old classmates and she actually apologizes to me for how badly they treated me in high school and that was because no matter how badly people treated me I never treated them badly back So, like, it became really apparent that I never deserved the things they they did for me. And because of that, I can rest assured she'll never do that to somebody else. Yeah. She'll never treat somebody else the way she treated me. And that, to me, is really important. Yeah. Wow, that's a heavy. Um, Yeah. 
Um, the other thing is from mm -hmm. Momo, the book, which is, I don't know if you've read Momo by Michael End. Um, no. There's a character in it who is a road sweeper. And he tells and, and he speaks to Momo and he said, you know, all you have to do is concentrate on the next step and the next push of the broom and the next breath and then the next step and next push of the broom. And before you know it, the whole street is clean. If you start from one end to the other and you just do the next thing and the mm -hmm. next thing, you'll get it done. Yeah. And that's another thing that I find very important is that if you look at everything, you'll never get it done. But if you just do the next thing, it'll be done eventually. Yeah. I mean, the, the most common phrasing of that is, um, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a yeah. time. Um, I like this better because it doesn't involve eating an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have eaten an elephant. It was not tasty. Um, have not eaten elephant. Um, did eat puffin. Again, would not recommend it. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the thing with elephant is that it tastes like the elephant looks, and you're just like, it's rubbery and chewy and a bit like beef, except horrifically rubbery and chewy. And will this bite ever get down my gullet? I'm still chewing it now, you know? Uh, yeah, the thing about puffin is because, like, they are, are so inundated with salt water that because they're ocean birds, they cry like seawater tears. Oh dear. Um, and so uh, that must have been a heck of a salt diet. It yeah. It so puffin and everybody's going. Oh my god, you ate a puffin! Look, it's Iceland, and in the season, puffins are like rats. There are just billions of them. Everywhere. Like. Yeah. Um, and it was like, oh, look, this is lovely. It's dark meat from a small bird, you know, kind of like dark meat from a quail. Oh, this will be fine. Oh, my God, it's like eating a salt lick. So. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how the elephant managed to taste gray, but it tasted gray. It might have been the cooking. It could have been. You know, it, it tasted of garlic and gray. I don't know how else to describe it. Wow. I'm going to... Well, let me add carnivore to exotic foods to the warnings. <laughs> <laughs> exotic, exotic butters. Exotic. Yeah. Exotic carnivore. Um, um, exotic carnivore. Yeah, I, I, I am, I am not an obligate carnivore, but if if a meat, is, I mean, we have eaten some strange meats. Um, my dad ate the spiders once. That was fun. Oh, are they? <laughs> Did he say they were better than, like, the dried mealworms or, or crickets or whatever? No, no, it was really funny because what happened was... Now, this is a cultural Singaporean thing. Yes. If you see a queue for food, join it because it must be excellent. So my dad's out in Thailand and, sees, and his friend sees a queue for food and his friend joins it. And all they can see is that people are getting something in a banana leaf and eating it. They get to the front and it's fried spiders. Okay. And my dad's friend is like, you've got to help me eat this. <laughs> and my dad's like, okay, fine. And he's, and he said, and I quote, 
the first two bites were really great because they were legs and they were crunchy. The third bite was not fantastic because that was body and it was squishy. Oh, so it's sort of like soft shell crabs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but but also the flavor apparently of the body was not fantastic. Um he will not elaborate on what not fantastic is. So but for my dad to say not fantastic, it must have been really bad. Uh usually I find uh things like that um I tend to taste like liver or organ meats, and so that's yeah. maybe an acquired taste. Like so. We but we like organ meats, so Hmm. Well then, I, I don't know if and or when we get to Thailand. Uh, you know, I'm going and to be up for eating the spider, right, so. spiders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Make sure, like I, I, I know that you people are from America, where the food is really clean. Um, stomach pills, because you will probably get the diarrhea. Um, I have an iron stomach; I can digest pretty much anything. Um, but possibly you might not. And I've heard people talk about Bali belly and Thailand belly, and I've just gone. Just <laughs> Look, I'm really sorry about this one, folks, but you know I have to pull it out at this point. Look, I had dried yak penis. And, <laughs> um, you know, air dried yak meat that you had to basically yeah. carve off with a stone. And yeah, we're pretty sure there was some mold on that because that's what happens um, with completely air dried things. So, and I didn't have any significant problems in yeah. uh, with, with that. But it's not a tropical environment. So definitely mm. also bring dewormers. Oh yeah. That's, the, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a big problem in the tropics. Yeah. That and was, I will uh, I will not walk out onto grass with my bare feet. Like, I know a lot of people here do it. I can't do it because, like, what if I get worms? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was a, there was a lot of that sort of concern when we were in uh, Southeast Africa. Yeah. Yeah. What if we, what if we get, well, I mean, there was some concern about that in rural Tibet too, but, you know, all right, uh, parasites happen and when we get home, we'll, we'll deal with it. Um, and the same was sort of said for Botswana, but yeah, no, um, we're, I'm very conscious of that. Also, it helps that I, I can no longer go barefoot. Um, not yeah. since I had small children and stepped on a Lego in the middle of the night. Oh no. Now it's just like, if I get out of bed, I immediately put on shoes. There's, there's no, like I get out of the shower and dry my feet and put them directly into my slippers. There's no barefoot. I cannot, I, I, you know, you step on one Hot Wheels car at four in the morning and suddenly you're just like, I will put on shoes for everything. <laughs> um, there are no children here, but I'm very careful about my pins because my husband has a thing about pins on the floor. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, fair enough. Nobody wants pins on the floor. No. So, um, any more advice? Other uh, those than are the, the two spider? things. I don't, no, don't eat the spider. What part of, <laughs> of, of it did not taste fantastic did you not get? I'm a stunt eater now. I can't help it. If I'm presented with a spider, you know I'm going to eat it. <laughs>
Um, all right. So we've got the last two questions. Um, yeah. And we're, I, I've been doing the sad but easy first because that way we can end hopefully on a, on a high note. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Because failure is a part of everything. Okay. Now, here's where I go into hilariously abusive childhood PTSD. Okay. So, everybody, uh, start skipping if this is triggering for you. Yeah. yeah. For the longest period of time, if I did something wrong, mm-hmm. I would get screamed at. Mm-hmm. In, in Singaporean schools, they do not skimp on capital punishment. I could get hit by my teacher. Um, they would humiliate me. They would make me stand on a chair and pull my ears, you know, stand outside of the classroom on a chair so that everyone can see how shameful I am. When we got to Jane Eyre and people were like, and studying Jane Eyre here in Australia, and people were like, oh, how horrible. She has to stand on a chair with the sign. I'm like, what? What is wrong with this? Everybody stands on a chair when they're children and get humiliated like that, you know, get their hair chopped off and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it it is very, when I was in school, this is way back in, in the 90s, 80s, 90s, um, this was very commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I have a failure, I actually have to, I actually have gotten a point where I will set myself a period of time where I can sit wrapped up in a blanket and, mm-hmm. you know, be terrified for a while. Anywhere, like if, if I have lost a job, that will be a week. If I have made a small failure at work, maybe about half an hour. Right. Right. Uh, and I have really bad RSD, which is like, um, I think sensory, rejection sensory dysphoria mm-hmm. so if someone even if i feel like someone has rejected me or i am you know i'm going to be afraid of them as if they would hit me or yell at me even if there is no history of that <clears throat> yeah, so i will i will allow myself x amount of time mm-hmm. to be wrapped up like a burrito and then once that is done i go okay deep breath Carry on. But that period of time is sacrosanct for that period of time. I need to just be in that blanket. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's it's all it, it's all become a psychological reaction and it's it's yeah. um very you know, you're you're triggered to, to put yeah. it Yeah. So So wow. at one point mm-hmm. At one point, especially when it was a work-related thing, I would be terrified of being yelled at and fired the next day. Mm-hmm. And it has gotten me, it has taken me many years of work to get over that and just go, you know what? You've slipped up. Admit your mistake. You don't have to hide it. Fix it. Breathe. Mm-hmm. And then... All of, so I'll have my work day and I'll keep doing that. And then by the end of the work day, I'm like, okay, burrito time. Sit in the burrito. <laughs> stuff my face with chocolate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then just sit there for a while with a hot tea. And then, okay, burrito time's over. Mm-hmm. 
stretch out, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. On the other side of that, um, do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Yes, I celebrate my successes, which is Woo-hoo! also, unfortunately, related to my hilariously abusive childhood. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Um, so this is all the way back from when I was in year, oh mm-hmm. gosh, I can still remember it. I was in year four. And we had a science test and I scored the highest in class for that science test. And the teacher said, and I still remember it, this time in science, Delphi scored the highest. Well, she said Rebecca, that was, you know, she said Rebecca scored the highest. Right, right, right. I can't believe that all of you are so lazy that you would let the stupidest girl in class score so high. I see. So backhanded compliment, as we would say here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, how how could you possibly let Delphi, who is lazy and stupid and incompetent, score high? You know, <sighs> and I just sat there and I thought to myself, you know what? I've scored the highest. If nobody is going to celebrate for me, mm-hmm. I'm going to celebrate it myself. <laughs> and I did. I've made myself some, um, you know, some of my favorite food at home. Um, my mom, I told mom what happened. She was really happy for me. You know, I scored the highest. She was still a bit mad because I had totally forgotten there was a test because, hi, I have ADHD. Right, right, you know, right, right, right. I the test having forgotten there was a test, so she was mad mm-hmm. about it. But she was happy for me. And I kind of learned to celebrate my small successes by myself by doing something that will make me happy. And that could be anywhere between turning a pile of dirt in the garden. Mm-hmm. Like I, and, and part of that is like that, that weird Pomodoro thing I do. I've okay. done 20 invoices, video game for five minutes. Yeah. You know, like you've done it. Great. You know, that small kind of, of little, little things that make me happy. You know, I'm going to snack on a, I'm going to snack on a chocolate bar. I'm going to go and quilt something, you know, I'm going to sew like all the stuff. I'm going to hug a chick. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm going to chase Bonnie around the room until she's exhausted. And then I'm going to hug. (laughs) (laughs) All of these, you know, small things where I've just gone, I've done something good. I recognize I've done something good. I'm going to give myself something. Yeah. Um, because nobody else is going to celebrate it if you're not going to celebrate it. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the big things? Yeah. The big things, I will call somebody. <laughs> like, I have a roster of friends, and they call me too. And and I'll be like, hey, um, Melvin, I've just gr- grown like a giant pile of daikons. Celebrate with me. You know, I'm going to make radish cakes, you know. Oh, so jealous. <laughs> I, I can give you my recipe for radish cakes. I gave it to Dino. No, no, it's the We Can't Grow Daikon. Really? Yeah. Some, okay. We, we can't do carrots or, or daikon in the, the soil around the house. So. Oh. Um, I will tell you my secret to daikon and clay. Okay. Because 
because I have tight pack clay here and oh, yeah. and I will send it to you and you can relay it to us and see if it works for her. Yes, absolutely. Cause, cause like, well, I, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but the, um, the beat this year. <laughs> I need to see it. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to go. There's, there's a picture of, of Shepard having like one of a, a fairly average sized for this year's harvest of beet. Not a big beet. Like you're, yeah. we're used to, you know, we, we get beets that are, you know, like, round like baseball round and these were not these these were not no clay is tough especially root vegetable clay is tough Mm -hmm. so i have a i have a specific series of things i do to get dicots in clay okay yeah i'll i'll uh, i'll look forward to that maybe by the time uh it comes in um well it'll come in before this yeah, it, well, I was going to say, uh, more importantly, I can uh, I can read it on air and share, if that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what I do um, with, with celebrating my successes is give myself a little thing. Or, if it's a big thing, call a friend. I had four chicks hatched. Right? Tell the universe. <laughs> and then receive the universe's praise. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I, re- I don't, I, I don't know if you follow us on Twitter, but during the hatching at the incubator, it was the minute by minute update of every little crack and whatever. And yeah, I, I dragged Jacob out of his room because uh, this was before, <laughs> before I'm like, come on, we're going to, this is going to be the most exciting, boring thing you've ever watched, and we all just were <laughs> gathered around waiting for the chick to emerge. Um, I live streamed my chicken hatching. I'm I'm thinking next year for that. Yeah, it's actually really difficult in my house because of the reflection of the incubator. We have a we have a dark incubator, so it's a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. But this year, I I live streamed it. Um, it was terrible. Um, it turns out that when things are reflected in in the incubator, one should wear clothes in the house. Oh yes, yes. That the yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone of import saw, but still, when I was reviewing the videos, I was like, hmm, possibly I cannot cut this for YouTube. <laughs> yeah, just to just to think. Well, I mean, that's the thing with the with the. You can't see it because it's actually off now, but with the Twitch stream, it's just like whatever happens, happens. Um, so, yeah, I, I, when when we do that, I'll warn people, you know, if we're uh, yes, that is that is live streaming the chicken hatching now. Please do not. Reflective surface, please don't. Yeah, no. See, here's the field of view. <laughs> yeah, but reflecting, reflecting. Yeah, mm-hmm, you might yeah, not be yeah. view, but if you're across in the field of view. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll look into positioning cameras appropriately. Yeah. 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 So that was my right. mistake, and uh, from me to you, the wisdom. <laughs> yeah, the wisdom. <laughs> That's all the questions. Oh, cool. So, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about or promote or? 
Um, well, okay. I have one thing to promote, but I do have one more thing to talk okay. about, which is about abuse in jobs. Yeah. Because if you have ADHD, and I don't know if this is for us or everyone else, but you start to accept a certain amount of abuse from people because mm-hmm. you think when I make a mistake or when any mistake is made around me, I, I never answer questions with any certainty about my actions because it's always, I think X, I think I did this. I can never be sure that I did this. I'm pretty sure I did it. Mm-hmm. I always kind of doubt my own memories. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the things that I found is that it is very easy with ADHD to sit there and just take bad behavior from your employers because mm-hmm. you think it's you. And it is very important to keep that um, something in the back of your mind because I've had people who treated me badly, not because I had ADHD, but because they, they were married, they were divorced and I was married and they were just really mad at me for that. Cause you know, yeah. obviously I was being married at them. And I thought it was because I was crap at my job. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't. It was something about them that they were taking out on me. And so you have to be cognizant of that. Now I have what I call the headphone test, um, which is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be applied to any other thing. I wear whole ear covering headphones at work. Like okay, the ones so I'm wearing that I, right now. Yeah. I'm the ones wearing right now. So I can hyper-focus on my job and get things done quickly. If at any point any employer has a problem with those headphones, mm-hmm. that is a signal to me to start looking for a new job. Because it starts with, you always wear the headphones and I'm not aware of your surroundings. And it ends up with, why don't you speak English when you're on the phone to your mom who lives in Singapore? It it starts there and it just keeps going until eventually every last thing you do is wrong. Okay. Okay, and that's my test. Now, it can be applied to like any small thing that somebody with with any neuroatypicalness has to do the stim. Mm-hmm. But the moment they have a problem with your stim, you can ask for accommodations, but that is the signal to get out before it becomes, why are you, you know, looking at the invoices this way? I prefer it if you looked at it on the right side of your desk instead of the left side of your desk or something yeah, like yeah. everything you do. And and you will blame it on your own atypicality because there's no baseline for where it stops. So that's just something yeah. that I think I want to share. And I, I think even if you don't have ADHD, even I mean, I I have, you know, if. I have a couple hard rules of, of if a job asks me to do X, then that's it. It's time to start looking or quit outright, mm-hmm. depending on, on the severity. But yep. uh, it's it's there are little things that you don't realize build up that indicate that this is not necessarily a good environment, either for you or for anyone, really. 
and I I love the idea of the headphones test. Um, you know, uh, uh, but it's also but yeah, it also falls into that if they don't like the way if you have to arrange your desk a certain way to uh, to work or in um, in the case of one one job, it was a completely phone based thing, right? And but it was very important that we dress appropriately as if we were physically meeting the customers then and yeah. not just talking to them on the phone. Um, it's like, mm, yeah, when appearance matters more than you actually, your actual ability to do your job, it's maybe time to start thinking. Yeah. I mean, for you, it might be something like having a problem with your tattoos. Like I did not become an adult to not have green hair. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I, I go to interviews with my sleeves rolled up. Uh, if uh, and the tattoos showing and the combat boots and the uh, well, not the combat boots, the Doc Martens, but you know the the whole. You know, I am respectful. I am I am dressed appropriately, but what you see is what you get. And if that's a problem, I would rather find out at the interview than yeah. like three days in or something when I do yeah. when I roll up my sleeves and they're like, oh, yeah, so. yeah. So this is just, it's just small, and it always starts with a small microaggression. Like, it always starts, like, you have headphones. Can you can you not wear them? Or can you, like, change to earbuds? It's almost always, can you change to earbuds? And there's, like, no difference between earbuds and headphones, mm-hmm. right? And then, I'll, you know, and from there, that point onwards, it just escalates. Yeah. So once... So it's it's kind of like be aware of how um, if you feel in yourself that your work is good, don't let other people kind of push your your crap, you know, push that you are crap onto yeah. you. It, it, I mean, yeah, if you make mistakes, own up to them. But if there's nothing wrong with your work. Mm-hmm. Don't let people convince you that you're worse off than you are. Yeah, no, very important. Uh, incredibly important. Yeah. And this is over years of, of like knowing what I have and, and dealing with people. And it took me like three or four really abusive workplaces and, and it was, and it was bad, like towards the end, it was bad. Now I live in middle of nowhere, Australia. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, a lot of these microaggressions have to do with, like, oh, you know, you're Chinese. Um, uh, but, you know, it's, it's similar. Mm-hmm. I think I once had somebody at work tell me that I didn't understand my job because I clearly didn't speak English well enough. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bigot's gonna bigot um yeah yeah so on the one hand x and the other hand y yeah so the other thing that i promote i do have a twitch mm-hmm. and it's dot tv slash selfie underscore trivia i'll send that to you um now mostly it is a chicken show I I when when I had the meat chickens I did like a half hour pretty much every day 
of educational chicken stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's not so much, but my sister and I, once I get the new computer set up, mm-hmm. we're going to start this thing, which we're going to call Ugly Retro Girls Play Ugly Retro Games. Oh. Where we're going to like exercise our, our gaming demons by playing games that we vaguely remember from our childhood, which we didn't finish oh, yeah. for one reason or another. So, um, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like, things like, um, uh, gods, which I remember, and I had to go onto a Reddit to figure out what it was. And then my sister wants to play Amazon by Michael Crichton. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I, I have on that list, um, I think it was, uh, Summoner. Summoner? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not exactly a retro game because it's. I think it's sometime in the last twenty years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, the games I, I'm wishing right now for a modern remake, but we're we're are I guess are considered retro and were fabulous at the time. Were Heretic and Hexen. Uh, um, we're probably going to end up playing Loom at some point Ooh. because I remember Loom but never finished it. Um, and we'll probably also be doing uh, the Quest for Glory series as well mm-hmm. because that um, that will just be and also Zork Zero because we never got to the end of Zork Zero we got halfway through <laughs> um, and we're gonna try and and do it so that we don't make any typos Ooh. at all because because I am a really fantastic oh. Yeah, both my sister and I are really good typists because we have mm-hmm. alien bones. In our, we have cartoon bones in our hands and our wrists. <laughs> None. Like, I I broke my, my thumb mm-hmm. and I had an x-ray done of my hand. And my sister, I can't remember what she, I think she broke something and, and she had an x-ray done. And my brother-in-law is a radiologist and he looks at these x-rays and he's like, did you... Bones get drawn by a cartoonist. None of them connect to each other. Oh. <laughs> like, like it just you know when you see people draw yeah, bones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what the inside of my hand looks like. It, wow. The radius and auto do not connect here or here. Um, Whoa. none of the little tiny bones connect. So I can type so fast and never get RSI because there's nothing rubbing against anything else. Wow, that's that's um probably the most useful anomaly you could you could get in that case. Just awkward to explain. Yeah, um, so I can type forever. <laughs> so so have you have you tried? Uh, did I, if I might make a suggestion? Uh, yes. Which I did finish this one myself. But did you ever play the original? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure from Infocom. No, I did not. We played the Zork series from Infocom, but we never finished it. Mm-hmm. I think we the only one we did finish was Return to Zork, okay. which was the graphical one. Yeah. And I think I finished Zork Zero because I remember there was a bit where they, they turned like um, the bricks into fettuccine or something like that at the end. That was the joke. Um, but my sister didn't, uh-huh. so we want to we play that. Um, 
and we finished. I think we finished the game that is. Oh,、uh, we finished Beyond Zork as well. So Zork Zero and Beyond Zork,、mm-hmm. and then the rest of the ones like one through five we haven't finished. And part of it is because neither of us were very good at mapping when we were children. So、yeah. in one you get the you get the the maze, and it's just like ah. <laughs> Yeah, you're in a maze you know, of twisty passages, all alike. All alike, yeah, and like you know, seven-year-old Delphie and like you know, twelve-year-old older sister,、mm. really bad at mapping. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, at that age, you're not really thinking about mapping. <laughs> no, no, you 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 learn that one.、Um, you learn that one the hard way later, right? Although、yeah. I guess with With the graphical games, until it really got to,、um, there was there was a point with graphical games because it was all two D, so you could sort of see the map as you explored it, and you could always sort of scroll around and, and go back.、Um, yeah. There was a time period I want to say right around the original、uh, Wolf Wolfenstein 3D, and、yeah. and Doom, where. You didn't have; they didn't put the map in the corner, so it was, it was the whole 3D first person. But you don't have a map; you have to either remember or be jotting down, like drawing, or have like the magazine article with the map for the levels. Right? Oh, I mean, a lot more straightforward. But um, um, there was there was some of that in the early, like 3D games, because they didn't put up, they didn't think to put a mini map in. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah.、Um, shoot, even even Minecraft, you have to have an add-on to show the map, the mini map. Actually, hilariously, for King's Quest VI, when we were solving it,、mm-hmm. I I never drew a map. I just memorized where all the pitfall traps were.、Oh. But by that point, I was much older and have this brain. <laughs> yeah, you had you had been trained. Ready to yeah. Do, yeah, ready to solve just these sorts of puzzles where you have to memorize things. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't. We didn't.、Um, yeah, we we solved it by memorizing the route. Wow. Yeah, so you'd be ready. You you'd you'd almost be ready for speed runs at this point. Uh. No. 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 It's not not my thing, and also my hand eye coordination.、Uh, My memorization is great. Hand-eye coordination. Ah,、uh, well, okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's sure a, that I, I can't drive. One of the things is that I can't drive because of my poor hand-eye coordination. Because I've had three driving lessons and four driving-related accidents. Okay, I, you know, that was something Ursula and I were talking about on Sunday.、Um, yes.、Yeah. That. Prior to being medicated, and now it's sort of a moot point, but she was completely unable to learn to drive a stick shift.、Um, because, not just because of the the hand eye coordination, but because there's that whole range of, you know, you have to train the muscle memory to put in the clutch before you shift. You have to be、yeah. aware of like. Engine, what your engine is doing to know when to shift up or down, and and all that stuff. And she was just like, I, I would have gone crazy. Like a part of it is 
my height though. Mm. Because one of the things is that in order to push the clutch all the way down, I basically can't see the road. Yeah. You know, um, like I don't have, like I can't reach. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting on my couch, which is an average size couch, and my feet are not touching the ground. <laughs> so I'm not tall. And even in a small car, mm-hmm. you know, there's a there's a level of like <laughs> going on. Yeah. all the way forward and then like the <laughs> wheel is here <laughs> yeah yeah so you can reach everything and see over the steering wheel yeah yeah so it's not it's not fantastic not fantastic yeah oh that's then i think if that wraps it um that's, where, else that's can everything. We find you, where else can we find you online other than twitch or is twitch it um well i have a storium i i i run yeah. games on storium as selfie trabia and currently, I'm running three games, one of which desperately needs a player, by the way. This is, um, two of them are extremely stupid games. One is I Have No Hands and I Must Flee. And the premise of that is you are all tiny robots in a house. Um, you need to go outside to charge your solar batteries. None of you have hands. And the only way to get out is that there's a door and it has a doorknob on it. Okay. And there are no humans, so nobody has hands. (laughs) Uh, Fascinating. Okay. So uh, the other one is the cat's tail, which is uh, about being cats in a fantasy world. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the last one is based on a book by Michael McDowell called Gilded Needles. And it's actually, I'm going to run it, it's actually dark, It's, it's pitch dark content and like a bajillion trigger warnings on it um and it's basically about criminal families in new york taking revenge um and that one is is super dark and that's the one we're missing characters for because it turns out that it's okay on on a level of easy ease of play no Mm -hmm. hands is like right down the bottom cat's tail is a little bit above that and like gilded needles is all the way up here <laughs> okay it's really not like the first challenge people had to do is there are three dead bodies go <laughs> okay yeah wow so just a little grim dark noir there yeah it's it's very sort of it's it's kind of grim dark noir mm-hmm. um and and it has a lot to do with oppression and and society and the split between it. That's my aim. <laughs> wow, cool. That's what I'm doing on Storium, mm-hmm. and and shake my fist at you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's all it's all my fault. Um, that's I, I, there is uh, still at least one listener that is shaking their fist about me getting them hooked on two dots from an interview a couple. A couple weeks ago, so you know it's uh, it's yeah. a thing that happens. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. When ugly retro girls play ugly retro games, starts. I'll let you know. It hasn't started yet because um, the new computer, which is the computer that can actually stream, uh, which is not my husband's work computer, which I have stolen for this use. Right. Right. Um, is being built at the moment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, all of the computers in this house have have varying degrees of obsolescence because they're all over ten years old. Yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I admit the uh, the machine that runs all of the streaming processing for Chicken Cam is a repurposed um, Mac Pro that's about ten years ten years old. So. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to stream and play a video game at the same time, it's not. Yeah, you you need something a little a little more beefy than a ten year old Mac Pro. Yeah. So, and my my little laptop here is all all bugged up. <laughs> I've had this. I've had this thing since before I got married. Oh, Lenovo. Oh yeah. And uh, it's finally reached a point where it's like when you turn it on, it takes about two hours to boot. So I've gone. Yeah, it's it's done. Yeah, it's it's time. It's time. Time. Yeah. <sighs> cool. Well, um, thank you so much, and and thank you for being so um so fearless and in sharing with us. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I, I I like the stuff that I've gone through. And knowing that I don't have a diagnosis of ADHD as an adult, so I've had more experience with knowing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, more experiences with being a child with ADHD. Yeah. Um, knowing about, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. with that knowledge that I've actually been able to adapt really well yeah. over time. Um. At some point, maybe uh, Drew might want to be interviewed about how he lives with somebody with ADHD, <laughs> um, which is also very important because you you have to change your habits to deal with your horribly messy wife. I am. Uh, I, I've, are we sure that would be a a, a, a call or a support group? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Ursula um, didn't take her medicine, went to the grocery store. And uh, with Shep, and she came back, and she was like, "It was just terrible." I'm like, "No, no that was that was what we consider normal, Ursula." And she's like, "How did you live with me? Like, you adapt, you adjust. It's you know." Yeah. Yeah. There's some adjustment, and and I'm unmedicated because mm-hmm. you know I've I've learned to adapt. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's it's easy on everyone. Yeah. Oh no, no. Um, and everyone has to, and, and everyone, yeah. It's it's a it's sort of an interesting dance when as as you're adapting to each other and and each other's coping mechanisms and all that. So, yeah. But but one of the funny things is that I I am I'm the one who tends to remember that we need to do things, but I always remember it like five seconds after we needed to do the thing, which is not very helpful. <laughs> I can only see backwards in time. Yeah. It's, um. Not that helpful, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, no, but thank you so much. And um, and for the people at home, we'll be right back after this.
And we are back. I hope you enjoyed all of that with Selfie. I had a great time talking to Selfie, and I really think you should time to check out uh, her YouTube channel and uh, those things. Um, so uh, first off, there is a bonus on the Productivity Alchemy page for this episode. I have included pictures of Romney the Sheep. I've also included a link to a radish cake recipe. I said I would. Uh, I am going to save the how to do the daikons and clay later. Um, maybe the next letter show. So here's how, uh, here's the thing that's actually going on though. Um, so you can get naming rights to a chick. Uh, there are three more chicks and two in the incubator that are expected to hatch right now. And at some point they will name a chick Ursula Vernon, the hen. Uh, we picked out an Ursula Vernon, the first after the last recording. And, uh, this one started crowing. Um, and this is a promise that was made to the nieces and nephews that, since Ursula is their favorite author, they would name a chicken in each batch after her. So yeah, there's now Ursula the Vernon, which is a rooster, and uh, they're hoping to get another um, another hen that they can name. So we'll see how it works. Uh, you actually have an opportunity to help with that naming, though. Um, if you donate $5 to any charity and send the charity name and the reason why you donated to selfie.trabia at gmail.com, then you will be part of a, a draw to name the chickens. And so there's that. Um, also, I've just been informed the Retro Girls Play Ugly Retro Games goes live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Australian time. So... That's something like three in the morning Eastern standard. And that's fine. Um, that's, or yeah. Yeah. 7 PM is like three in the morning here, but it's certainly worth, uh, catching on Twitch. And that link is of course in there and they will be putting old episodes up on YouTube channel, but I will be posting that eventually. I'll post that also with the show notes. So, yes. Um, and let's see, what else are we looking at here? Uh, oh, they're currently playing Beyond Zork. That was that was the, the other update. So, exciting stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for this week. After I give you a batch code. You want a badge code, right? You can find out more about badges, although they are apparently some of the older badges are having a little trouble and I haven't been able to diagnose it yet. It may have something to do with the conversion from, um, from the thing credly over to pure open badges format. But our badge for this week's episode is radish. R A D I S H. Um, you will be able to enter that at prealchemy.com and hopefully get this week's radish themed badge. If not, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be debugging over the course of the next week, checking for updates, all that good stuff, because I don't want you guys to not be able to get your badges. If you like badges, you can find out about badges under the badges menu item. There's a badge how to, 
you can also see ways to support us. And while I don't have like this episode on Facebook um, or stuff like that, you can, and you can share it. And if you feel the need to give us money, don't take the, you know, we don't need it. We're good. Um, if you care to support us by Patreon or buy me a Kofi, that's great. But I would much prefer that you take that money, you give it to a charity, and you email Selfie to go into the chicken drawing, chicken name drawing. Uh, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and they can be local to you. They can be um, maybe there's going to be a lot of fire related. Here in the States, uh, as Ursula mentioned, the West Coast of the United States is um, currently having a lot of issues, and they're going to need be a lot of people need a lot of support when this is over. So, you know, giving the organizations that will be supporting them money is really a great idea right now. So that's where I'm at. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and... With everything else going on, I honestly hope that you can continue to stay productive. And now a little orange cat has gotten in the way, and I can't stop the recording. Oh, there she goes.